Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. talking about how you've already given up on your resolutions and things aren't going the way as you intended. 
So are you one of those people or are you still on track? You know, we have solutions here to help you. That's right. What you think about, what you intend becomes your life. So if you want to affect change, you need to change your thoughts, change your intentions. And we have an expert here tonight to tell us just how to do that. And I'm so excited because he's been here before and we'll get to him in just a moment. But I'm very excited about tonight's show. This is your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am the founder and CEO of the Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to providing the basic necessities of life to underprivileged children. I'm also a reconnective healing practitioner, a certified vibrational sound therapist and positive psychology and energy psychology practitioner at Quantum Wellness Center, my private practice located in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week. Energy Awareness Radio is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. Audible.com has more than 180,000 audio books and spoken word audio products to choose from, so you can listen whenever and wherever you want. Just download the title you prefer free of charge and start listening when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. That's audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. My guest is Alan Klein. He's a veteran energy awareness guest, having been here twice before, and we love having him back. He's the world's only jollytologist, an award-winning speaker and best-selling author of 14 books. He is the recipient of a Toastmasters Communication and Leadership Award and a certified speaking professional designation from the National Speakers Association. He was inducted into New York City's Hunter College Hall of Fame, and this is quite a distinction because only 12 people are selected from thousands of the past graduates for this Distinguished Award. So it's a wonderful kudos to him for that. Alan is inspiring. He's uplifting, humorous, motivating. He has immense wisdom to share with all of us. So, yep, I'm going to say it. Kudos to us for having him back again. Welcome to the show, Alan. Thank you so much for joining us yet again here at Energy Awareness Radio. How are you being? Well, I first of all, I'm thrilled to be a veteran of your show. I love that. <laughs> The second is I'm uh, healing myself. I actually spent uh, New Year's weekend in the hospital. Oh, um, no. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> getting back on track, energy uh, stronger every day, uh, but it's a six- to eight-week healing process. So trying to be good to myself, and um, we'll see. We'll see um, six to eight weeks how I'm doing. Well, that's vitally important that you take care of yourself and nurture yourself, you know, so you oh, do yeah. need to I do am. that. Good. And every oh, day I'm I so feel glad. better, so, yeah. Oh, well, that's good. So, you know, you haven't been here since April of 2014. It's almost three years. So, you know, what have you been up to since you joined us last? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a number of things have happened, haven't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did we talk about on the last show? Was it the You Can't Ruin My Day book, or was it something uh, else? Do you remember? It was. I don't no, remember. It was, uh, it was another book. We've talked about a lot of your books on the show. We did one show where we talked about a number of books, so it could have been that one. Okay. I don't remember right. either. But I do. I loved your recent TED Talk, Our Thoughts and Intentions Create Our Reality. You know, as I said just a moment ago, we are at the beginning of a new year, so it is a blank canvas 
offering everybody infinite possibilities. So, you know, that talk was so inspiring when you mentioned, when you talked about how the intentions come about, what people are doing, and how we can all make this year a year of being aware of our thoughts so we can set the best intentions. Let's get started with that, if if you want. That would be a good place sure. to start, do you think? Okay, great. Oh, yeah. No, it would be great. And um, maybe I should talk about how that TED Talk came about. I Sure. Uh, last uh, it was last year actually, January second, or uh, let me yeah, around January second, I put it on my um, bucket list that I wanted to do a TED talk. That's all I did is I put it on my bucket list. I put the energy out there. I put my intention out there. January twenty fifth, the same month, I get an email, unsolicited email from this uh, high school in Cupertino, the big Apple computer country. They do TED Talks every year, and they invited me to come and do one. And on April 23rd, there I was on the TEDx stage doing my TED Talk. So less than three months from when you put it on your paper, you were actually doing it in full. Yeah, crazy. Right, right. <laughs> and so people say, how does that happen? I mean, I have a friend who says I live a charmed life. <laughs> that <laughs> kind of whatever I want or put out in the world, I often will get. Not everything, but a lot of stuff. And mm-hmm. so I start looking. This is a group. This is high school kids. And I thought, what is the message? Most of you know, because I'm a jollytologist. I could do the humor program. And I thought, no. I want to do a different program, and I want to – these are young minds, and I want to show them that what they put their intentions on, they can actually create, that they are the creators of their own life. And Mm -hmm. so I put together this talk that I never did before. It was um, pretty scary. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) And uh, interesting thing – this is a little backstory, which I thought is really interesting and uh, turned into one of my points of how to do a good TED Talk. But, it, uh, you know, I get to do rehearsal. So I'm on stage. All the lights are out in the audience. I have these bright lights on me. I cannot see the audience. And in the middle of the talk, I go totally blank. Luckily, wow. it was the rehearsal, right? It's the rehearsal. Yeah. So I'm going, what is going on here? I cannot remember anything anymore. Uh, and um, what I realized it was when I do any kind of program, I like to talk to people. And all of a sudden, there I was on stage talking to this black hole, this black wall. Mm-hmm. I could not see anyone in the audience. And so I asked them, when I go on stage, please put on all the audience lights. And um, actually, they did not do that. And I'm on the stage again with this black hole, and I just stopped. And I said, um, I need to see the audience. Would you please put the lights on? And Mm -hmm. I did that. And you don't see that on the tape. We cut that out. But what I realized is that you need to create, no matter what it is, whether you're on a stage or in your life, you need to create the environment you want. So I needed to see the audience. And I just stopped and asked for what I needed. And then the talk was perfect. I got three rounds of applause from the audience. No, none of the other speakers got anything like that. In fact, the two speakers before me were so boring. <laughs> and so I couldn't understand what they were saying. I, you know, they had 
slides. I couldn't read them. Um, they didn't make much sense to me, and I thought, and they were, we were in the audience, and then they introduced ourselves, and they came up to, to do our TED Talk. And I thought, I need to create an environment where I am having a good time, where I am having fun. And sitting in the audience, just walking on stage, is not the way for me to feel comfortable to enter. And so they had the big TEDx sign on stage. And what I did to love was I hid behind it. And when they announced my name, I popped up <laughs> from behind the sign. I'm not sure the audience even got it, but all of a sudden I start chuckling inside and it just set me off on the right tone uh, for the whole program. That is really cool because you started out with just writing on a piece of paper, you know, I want to do a TED Talk. That's all you did right. is you put, the, you put the order in and then you forgot right. about it, I bet. I bet you let it go. Yeah, well, I, it was on my list. Sure, yeah. Yep, yep. I, did, I just yep. put it out in the world, yeah. Yep. But see, I think we all know the world is full of energy, right? And right. we need to tap into that energy. Because so many people ask me, how do you do a TED Talk? And, you know, I tried, and no one asked me to do it. And I, you know, I said, keep putting it out in the world and put it out in a really positive way. If this is if this is the right thing, it will come your way. Because I really, and, if I didn't get that, that would have been fine. You know, I knew it wasn't right for me. Right, but you did it previously too about the perfect publisher. Tell us about that because that was really an interesting. Oh yeah, so you know, I have many books published. I had mm -hmm. seven or eight books uh, published by Random House. They were uplifting, motivational, inspirational quotation books. And then a number of years ago, Random House closed their doors to save money, that division at least, not all Random House, mm -hmm. to save money, and they stopped publishing my books. Now, these books have sold over 400,000 copies, so they were doing well for them, but they still didn't want to republish. So for a year and a half, I struggled writing to other publishers, calling other publishers, sending them the books and say, would you like to republish these? They're successful books. Nobody wanted to, to do that. So I thought, okay, I need to stop struggling because so I believe if you're struggling too much, it's not right. You know, you're mm -hmm. not in line with the energy. You're actually blocking the energy, I think, when you're struggling too much. It's my belief. Me too. So I thought, I'm going to let the energy flow and see what happens. And I put this card on my desk that actually I still have right above my computer that says, the perfect publisher will find me. And I just put that up several months, and then I went to a meeting uh, to hear another speaker about publishing, and two women right behind me were talking about their very successful publishing company, and mm -hmm. that they're looking, they're starting a new division, and they're looking for uplifting, motivational, inspirational books. <laughs> and I turned around and I said, you know, I have a bunch of them already done. Uh, and they said, oh, that's great. Let, you know, send them to us. And they gave me their card. Mm -hmm. And they were about five, their office was about five blocks from where I lived. Mm -hmm. So the next day I brought them the uh, the books and they actually did finally publish one 
And then now, next year, they're publishing my ninth book uh, with this company. But the, the real miracle, I think, was they got too big for their little office. Mm-hmm. And so I, they had a big, they moved, they had a big party. I go in, and a woman comes up to me, and she says, I know you. She said, I'm, I own this company. You don't know me because I live in London. Really glad you're one of our authors, but I've known you for years. And I look at her, and I go, I don't I don't know you. You don't look familiar. <laughs> I, I said, how do you know me? She says, for 10 years, I lived across the street from you and saw you walk your dog every single day. <laughs> I mean, the perfect publisher found me. Yes, absolutely. That is a great story because it's complete. You know, that's when you know everything is going right. Everything fell into order, and you could see it was falling into order from years ago it was happening it was the universe was working toward getting this to go together i think that's why you know when you see things like that that's what makes it so much better you know when you can go back and say oh that's why that happened yeah and you know this has happened over and over my life and every time it happens i go wait a minute this this can't be this Mm. (laughs) you know and then i realize i keep realizing as it happens over and over Again, this is the energy that we're tapping into, and um, other people find that energy, see that. I mean, like I had not been to that meeting because I used to belong to that group for about three years, and then I decided to go that particular night to -hmm. sit in that particular row in front of the women. I didn't know they were publishers. I didn't Mm -hmm. know they were looking for books like mine. (laughs) But everything, you know, just lined up. It was perfect. And you took the opportunity, and that's the key, too, because someone else may have sat there and thought, gee, I wish I, I could get to know them. Who can introduce me? And they might be too shy. But you just said, well, I have six of them. So yeah, I heard, I overheard bring, them. And, you know. yeah. yeah. And so, you know, for your listeners, this is not just my story. I would like people to use this idea, and mm-hmm. they could take a paper or a card or on a computer or put it on the refrigerator so they see it all the time, something like the perfect whatever it is for them, job, Mm -hmm. relationship, uh, bank account, (laughs) vacation, whatever, the perfect whatever will find me. And it does. It works that way, you know, because you're drawing it in. And, you know, you had five points that you talked about. So do you want to go through those? Tell them exactly how we do this. Okay. Um, Yeah, I was also going to tell a couple more stories, but but we can go back to those. No, no, we can go back to those. Um, So what I, you know, when I looked at, okay, I'm going to do this TEDx talk. I'm going to tell people my own stories of how I've created all the things in my life with my intention and my thoughts. But how do other people harness that power of intention? So I came up with five different ways. And I realized I do them all the time to create what I want. And one of them is I think you've got to be really clear on what you want. I mean, I knew I didn't want to be an astronaut or a brain surgeon. <laughs> you know, you've got, to, you've got to name it and claim it. This is yours. This is what you want. This is what you want to be. Um, and I have a story to go with that. But let me go through the five points. The second one I think is really important is to put it down on paper. I didn't just think about it in my head, although I did that too, but I put it down on my bucket list that Mm -hmm. this is what I wanted to happen. 
And so do you, you see that to... every day? Do you look at it every day so that you can? It's there. Uh... Um, the um, perfect publisher will find me card. I did look at it every day. The um, bucket list I look at from time to time. I did not happen in this case to to look at it every day. But um, one of the stories I have to go with that, which because it doesn't have to be in writing. I mean, it could be it could be a drawing, it could mm-hmm. be a painting, it could be a poem, it could be you could do a um, what do they call it? Where you cut out picture a treasure map. Mm-hmm. You cut out pictures of what you want and put all that together, and you could look a at vision that every, board. every day. A vision mm-hmm. board. But it's got to be, it makes it so much more real than just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So when I lived in New York City, my wife was from San Francisco, and we would visit at least once or twice a year, and I would look at the fabulous Victorian houses and say to my wife, Ellen, someday I want a Victorian house. And what Mm -hmm. I would do in New York City, I have a whole portfolio of fanciful Victorian houses that I just drew from memory. And and, and then we moved to San Francisco, and I now own a, we did get a Victorian house. (laughs) Um, But what I realized is that I was creating that Victorian house in my head. I was creating, you know, and I was seeing it. I was creating it. I was putting it down on paper. I was making it real even before I actually had the house. Mm -hmm. So that's the second thing. You know, the first is um, be clear on what you want. And again, I was clear I wanted a Victorian house. I wanted it in San Francisco. (laughs) And then mm-hmm. I, I put it down on paper. Yep. So, so that's really important. Now you have it in wood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I have it in wood, right? <laughs> uh, you got it. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I just sold, speaking about houses, end of last year I sold a house that I had 22 years outside of the city. I, I always wanted a country house. And the interesting, I never thought that this was connected, but now that we're talking, I do. When I went looking for a second home, I gave mm-hmm. the real estate agent a list of about 30 things that I wanted in my second home. I wanted it less than an hour and a half from the city. I didn't want too many acres. I didn't want a little cabin. I wanted a real house. Uh, I wanted a hot tub. I wanted... Uh, place I can garden and grow things. Uh, I wanted fruit trees. You know, I wanted a guest room. I wanted two bathrooms. All that whole list. Mm -hmm. And one day he calls me up and he says, I have a house that has about 30 of your items. Do you want to come and look at it? Wow, that's huge. You had more than 30 items. (laughs) (laughs) So again, I was real specific. Again, I put it down on paper. Um. Again, I enlist, that's another one of the tips, but to enlist other people in your dream, in what you want. So I got Mm -hmm. the agent, and the agent, after he sold it to us, he said, I wish every one of my clients did this, because I would be so clear on what they are looking for Mm -hmm. and what I need to find. So like Mm -hmm. one of the things, the house did not have a hot tub. Okay, so I could always put one in. Right. Um, 
But again, I was real clear. I put it down on paper, and I enlisted other people to help me get that. Well, and there were 30 out of how many? Um, Well, I think I did around 30, 35, and we got around 25 or so things. That's darn good. That is darn good. (laughs) (laughs) You know. Well, they're also real. That's the other yeah, but they're also pretty realistic. An hour and a half in the city, yeah. acre and a half, not in the floodplain, you know. Um, right. So, and the right. minute I drove down the driveway, I got this gut feeling this was the house. Mm, you knew. Yeah. I knew. You were home. But then again, you know, there are blocks to it, too. It's like, oh, God, it was much more money than I wanted to spend <laughs> at mm-hmm. the time. Right. Right. So I had to get over that and actually bought it, and now I just sold it for many, many more times than what I paid for it. So um, I, I feel it like I'm bragging. I'm, I'm not. I just want to no. show people how things like how this they work. Can. Sure, and and you know, and it is good because people need to know if it can work for you, it can work for them. They just need to know, you know, how to right. go about doing it. And you know, so you started with being clear, then you put it on paper and. Right. Voila, manifested. Of course, there are, there's three other pieces that go with that, too. The third one, right. don't so worry about the how. The third one, how. yeah, is so important because I think uh, people, well, I know like a friend of mine moved to Hawaii, wanted to live there. She got some menial jobs. She didn't like it. She gave it a year. And, um, you know, then she like she stopped. She moved back to the states, but so you. The thing about the third, the third idea is you need to let go. That you don't need to know how it will happen or when it will happen. Mm. So maybe if my friend stayed a year and a month, it might have happened. A year and a day. I mean, yeah. We, you know, we and it. Some I think if we put out things, you know, we want it. Okay, Alan, I did what you said. Um, I was real clear what I wanted. I put it on paper, and it never happened. Well, maybe it's not right for you. Maybe, because I believe there's a higher power and knows what's right for us. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not time yet. Maybe you're not in the space for the, you to you to comprehend that. Or um, maybe that's just not right for you at this time. I think it's more you're not in this at this time. Because if you are still wanting it and you're not giving up on it, the only reason you're not giving up on it is because you still want it because something else that's better maybe didn't come along yet. So sometimes when you want something, you actually get something better and you forget about what you wanted because you realize, oh, well, something better came along. And right. you, don't, you might not even have that realization, but something that's better for you came along. It's almost like it's a stepping stone where you think you want this, but then you get something much grander. So I uh, think it's yeah. more that. Yeah, yeah. Well, so one but thing I, I like to say sometimes is, uh, this or something better. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. And and it's hard to not worry about how it will happen because we tend to play out in our heads the movie of, and this is how it will go down. No, it won't. <laughs> I've right. never had the movie right. Never have I had a movie right in my head yeah. on the way it will go down. Never, never. Yeah. And yet I still try to do it, make it work. You know, it's going to fit in. Yeah, well, we so all do, you know, and it's yeah. like, um, you you and you don't know what's the highest good for yourself or for the no. world, we or think for we your do. family or relationship. <laughs> I mean, you don't know, right? You, and people you know, say, well, I mean, I along with that, if you've ever read about people who win the lottery 
and they mm-hmm. wanted to win the lottery, and all you know, finally they get these millions of dollars, and then they go bankrupt. Right. They didn't know how to handle it. it wasn't right for them at that time. Right. Right. It's that's a tough. That I think is one of the most difficult ones. Is the don't worry about how it will happen, because right. you're looking to see how it's going to happen. You know, and then you're not yeah. focused on it anymore. You're actually obsessed about it, and you're not letting go. So that one kind of well, again, you really got yeah. that one. Back to yeah. struggle, and I again, right. I think when we struggle, we're putting up this wall and not letting things come in. So you've right. the third one is probably the hardest is to let go, put it mm-hmm. out in the world, and then let go. Yep, yep. And there's there's some higher purpose. Some I mean, I don't I don't know about your listeners. I don't want to get into God and all of that, but but um, I do believe there is some higher thing up there guiding me my life. I don't know what it is, some energy guiding mm-hmm. my life. And so I need to let go and let that happen. I think most people do. I refer to it as the God of your understanding, however you refer to that, whether it's God, energy, spirit, universe, whatever, source. Right, you know, right. Um, Allah, Jesus, Abraham, Moses, it doesn't matter. Ra, you know, <laughs> no. whoever it is, it's, you know. <laughs> it's, it's all the same, yeah. Point. It is. <laughs> I yeah, think once yeah. we pass over, we're going to realize, oh, it really was all semantics. It's the same thing. So, you know, but, a, but oh, don't exactly. worry about Yeah, that middle one is really the hardest one. That's the toughest one for me because I always think it's I hard. know best. And, yeah, and then I'm sure, yeah. no, you don't. I'm like, oh, okay, you think I'd learn. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I I struggle with that too sometimes. Um <laughs> But it's it's really the more I can encompass that and, and uh, see that in my life and let go of stuff, um, the more um seems to go the way it's supposed to go. And then it's, you know, then it's okay because uh, that's the way it's supposed to be anyhow. Right, and it's easier it's a- if you start with smaller things and, and and work on that and see things happen. It's easier to let go because you realize, you know, because I'll, I'll tell people when I'm working with people, I'll say, look, it's like ordering a pizza. You call up and you place the order. You don't call two minutes later and say, hey, how's it going? And then four minutes later and say, did you put it in the oven yet? <laughs> you don't do that. You just trust that when you get there, that pizza is going to be done. And I'm saying this as a person who has the last name love, and sometimes when I go to pick up the pizza, they say, oh, we thought it was a prank call. And I still have the faith that that pizza will be there. Oh, no. <laughs> you have to do this. <laughs> oh, no. I it's love a good your analogy. last name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So the fourth one, it's kind of like a paradox because the third one is to let go of what you want. But the fourth one is you got to do something about it. (laughs) Yeah, it is a paradox, Alan. Please explain. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here I'm saying you you need to put out what you want in the world and let go once you put that out. But then I'm saying you need to go back and do something about it. Because, again, you can't just think about it. You've got to, as I said, I enlisted other people. You know, the publisher helped me get the books out. Um, Give give you a great example is, because I believe this, we're six degrees of separation from anyone that could help us get things that we want in in this world. Mm -hmm. And so I... um, Years ago, when I lived in New York City, I was a designer for a Captain Kangaroo show. You're probably mm-hmm. too young to remember that, love, but... Um, <laughs> I, I've seen the guy. <laughs> You've seen him, okay. 
So I was the designer, and every Thanksgiving he would be the host of the Macy uh, Day Thanksgiving Parade. Oh, and really? Every thanks- yeah, years and years ago. Yeah, he was the host. Oh. But in the studio, not in the parade itself. And okay. so I was the one that had to do a special set for him, and I'd have mm. to come in every Thanksgiving at 6 in the morning to set it up, Thanksgiving Day. And I was watching it in San Francisco several years ago on the TV, and I'm thinking, you know, all those years I had to give up my day off and, and work. Everyone else was at home with families and or sleeping late. And wouldn't it be great if I could march in the parade myself? <clears throat> and again, it was on my bucket list, and I thought, I don't know how I'm going to do this. All I know is I would like to do this. And so I asked a lot of friends. No one knew how to do it. And so I put it on Facebook. And someone saw that and said, I don't know how to do it either, but I live in New York City, and I'll find out who you contact. And I contacted that person, and I got to march in the Macy Day Parade that year. (laughs) (laughs) You have a bucket Um, list like mine. You don't ask for a lot. (laughs) Right. Well, so it didn't ha- if it didn't happen, it didn't happen. It was one of the things that, and you know, T Love, it was. It'll be one of the highlights of my life because, even though you know, I had to be in in the uh, get into costume at six in the morning, and it was below freezing, and you're standing mm-hmm. out in the street from seven thirty till the parade starts at nine, and then you wait to march. <laughs> I mean, it was it was it was a lot, you know. Yep. But once the parade did started. It. I did it, and it was so amazing because I was one of the greeters, and so I went along the stands shaking hands with the kids. And you should see their faces lighting up. Like they just met someone in the parade. They were just glowing, jumping up and down, Um, older people sitting on their chairs. I wish Happy Thanksgiving, and they would just light up and wish me Happy Thanksgiving. It, it was like um, it was just brought me so much joy that it was. I was so glad I did that. It is phenomenal when something that you really want to do, and it's okay if you don't, but it comes to fruition because you think, "Wow, that was cool! I actually did it, had fun. It was cold, but what a blast!" You, and you knew yeah, it would be, it, and it turns out better yeah, than you thought. Yeah. So the that fourth thing is you got to do something about it, and. Um, I think sharing your dreams with other people is a really powerful way of manifesting them because often people will say, well, how is how's the new book coming or, you know, or whatever it is or you know, did you get that country house yet or <laughs> but mm-hmm. they they kind of get on your side. It it's quite amazing. And that's um, if you go to the right people because you can put it out there and then you'll have what I call the discouragement committee. You know, right. and I don't want to tell the discouragement committee what's going on because they're discouraging me, and I don't want to be discouraged. <laughs> so I'm careful well, who I tell. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that, because I realize, yeah, I have gotten a lot of people out of my life um, <laughs> mm-hmm. because they're so negative. Sometimes I just that's right. Keep my interactions to a minimum, or don't tell them my dreams. Right. Yeah. Right. Because I mean, the when I was who... writing my first book. The Healing Power of Humor, you can't write a book. Um, You'll never get it finished. There are too many books on the market. Um, It will never sell. Uh, You can't get an agent. Uh, You know, all this stuff. 
And I'm thinking and if, that's maybe this. That's not my reality. That's not what I'm right. thinking. But you had the fortitude to think that and to know that. Somebody yeah. else might be like, well, maybe they're right, and it will discourage them. I see this in teachers in schools. You know, a little kid writes down, I want to be this. And the teacher says, well, oh, well yeah. you're, you're never going to do that. It's like, really, now you yeah. just crushed that kid's dream. Why? Why can't that kid do that? How do we know? We don't know. Be whatever you want to be. And tomorrow you can yeah. change your mind and be something else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, so, yeah, I have a great story about that. When I went, when I was seven years old, my parents took me to see my first Broadway show, Oklahoma. And from mm-hmm. that day on, I wanted to be a scenic designer. I wanted mm-hmm. to make those pretty stage pictures. And I got, in high school, I did a couple of shows. I got into Yale Drama School. It was mm-hmm. a three-year master's. And at the end, to become a scenic designer, the end of the first year, I was kicked out. I was told I had no talent. Um. And I went back to New York City. I got into the uh, unions as an apprentice, and then I passed my full uh, designer test in the union. And my fellow classmates were still in school doing college productions, and mm-hmm. I was doing national TV, uh, Murr Griffin, Jackie Gleason, and <laughs> Captain Kangaroo shows. Woohoo, there you go. <laughs> so, uh, but again, it was my intention that nobody, nobody could tell me I couldn't do it. Right. That I knew I could do it, I knew I had the talent, and I wasn't going to, even the head of Yale Drama School, I wasn't going to listen to them. And you acted on it. You did take the action. And I, and I acted great. on it. Mm-hmm. So it's some of those five things we talked about, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I got some people in my... In my um, Went to college to support me to become a designer, and um, I had a boss at CBS. The amazing thing is, like, I had a boss at CBS. Soon as you pass the union test as an apprentice, you got mm-hmm. left go because the salary, like, what was it, four, got four or five times that they were paying you as an apprentice once you were a designer. Oh. And so they let go of most of the apprentices once they passed. I had a boss that really liked me and kept me. And so I became a full-fledged designer at CBS. There so some of it, is it luck? Is it intention? Is it thoughts? Um, it's all of it. I, I think it's all of it. Right. You know? Yeah. And then we didn't talk about the fifth one. The fifth one is, I think, important ah. as well. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's the one I've been teaching people for over 25 mm-hmm. years is to lighten up. <laughs> Yep. To lighten up, folks, you know. Yeah, you may want something. You may have your intention. It may not happen. Um, but you still need to lighten up because we found, know today that, you know, stress can cause illness, and that's not healthy. And, um, you know, you'll never get out of this world alive. So lighten right. up, enjoy it. Uh, no matter what's happening, you can still enjoy it. Sure, because you never know. If if it isn't that, then something better will come along. I mean, look at how far you have come. You you went to a, a school, and they said, oh, you got to get out. So you got out of school, <laughs> you know, and you went back to New York right. and said, I'm, I'm still doing this. And look at where it brought you. I mean, you're world-renowned. Everybody knows you. And no, you probably don't I don't think, think that, that's true. <laughs> I do. I don't. I, some people. I, some people know me. <laughs> lots and lots of people know you. Lots and lots. Right. And I, you know, you probably didn't think that was going to happen, but it's better than what you what you probably envisioned oh, when yeah. you were a uh, college student. Yeah. You know, when I wrote 
when I wrote My Healing Power of Humor, when I was writing it, I sat and meditated a number of times wondering, where is all this going? And mm-hmm. the answer I kept getting is you will, know, you, you will not know. You, you, can't, you can't see how big this is going to be and how influential this book is going to be in people's lives. Mm-hmm. Because I was and getting discouraged. I, my editor yeah. left. I had a new editor. I had to rewrite stuff. I was getting real discouraged, and I just kept getting, keep writing, keep doing this. This is a really important work, and it's yours to do this. And you kept doing it. You kept at it. Yeah, yeah. I kept listening to my inner gut or whatever mm-hmm. and kept at it. The book, The Healing Power of Human, is now in the 40th printing and a ninth foreign language translation. So, um, See, lots and lots of people know you. <laughs> <laughs> some, some, not. It wouldn't, it wouldn't sell that much if they didn't, you know. <laughs> right, right. But By the way, if your listeners want to see that TED Talk we're talking about, just yeah. go on YouTube, YouTube, put in my name, A-L-L-E-N-K-L-E-I-N, Talk, and it will come up. It's a great it's a great TED talk. It really is. And the interesting thing was that I knew that they were high school students and I wanted to know from you, did you get any sense at all as to whether the students were getting the thought to intention process? Sometimes I think children get it quicker than adults. It's easier to teach them these things. I've taught to high school students before and been a nervous wreck ahead of time thinking they're not going to like me. You know, I'm not a high school student. You know, but then I got rave reviews and I thought, seriously, I did not see that coming. <laughs> you know, uh, and, uh, uh, you know, what did you feel coming from them? Well, uh, first of all, these I think these are kind of unusual high school students. In fact, in the fact that they put on TED Talks every year is amazing. But it's as I said, it's in Cupertino, California, which is the um, Apple computer land country. Mm-hmm. So yep. I would say 80 to 90% of the kids in the audience had some relationship to Apple Computer, parents, okay. brothers, sisters working there. So these are a little more intelligent um, than maybe mm-hmm. most or some high schools. Um, and what really, what really surprised me is I did not expect that I would be getting any kind of applause during the talk. But I said, as I said before, I think they applauded three different times mm-hmm. during my talk. And I knew, I knew they were getting it. I knew from yep. the laughter at some of the funny things. I knew from their, they were with me. The fact that yep. they applauded, I knew they were with me. And uh, great feedback at the end, after the talk, um, thanking me for giving it. And um, I was just... <laughs> I was glowing because, you know, when I when I told you I was on stage rehearsing and I couldn't remember what I was saying, of course, mm-hmm. my little monkey mind is going, Alan, why did you put this on your bucket list? <laughs> why were you so stupid? You didn't have to do this. You didn't have to put yourself through this. Now, look, you're going to make a fool of yourself, you know, trying yeah. to quiet all that down uh, before yeah. I went on. <laughs> <laughs> but it's you know the mind just goes nuts. Um, yeah, oh, it does. I'm usually like, what were you thinking? What did you get yourself into? <laughs> right, exactly. That's exa- and then I thought that's why 
I went outside. I meditated. I took a lot of deep breaths of fresh air in. And again, as I said before, I needed to create some fun up there. Mm. And so I was looking, how could I do that? It hid behind the sign and popped up at the beginning. And I just start chuckling to myself, and that is all I needed to to make it a success. Well, and Again, I wasn't taking myself so seriously at that point. Right. And, you know, and that's probably the easiest way to go into a speaking engagement, too, is to realize I'm just going to have fun with this because there are times I prepare for weeks on end, and I practice and practice, and I never do the speech that I wrote. I never do because mm-hmm. now I don't like having paper. I want to speak off the cuff. I want to speak, you know, I have the, the facts and everything down, but I want to speak to the audience and see what's going on with them so I can switch it up and be what they want me to be. And it's interesting right. when you do that because – you get more of a reaction from them, and you're having more fun. And you gave the students a gift at the end, too, which I loved. I thought that was fabulous. So, so they enjoyed uh-huh. that immensely. But I could Yeah, they all got my um, clown red nose, uh, sponge rubber mm-hmm. nose, so they can <laughs> take it with them and use it in their um, trials and tribulations. Sure, and lighten up, you know. It was interesting yeah, to watch yeah. because you could see, because at first I thought, wait, are these high school kids? These aren't high school kids, are they? Because they're really engaged. And you usually don't see that that much with high school kids, you know. And I could see that they are totally engaged. That's when you know you have a good speaker, you know, when the kids are engaged yeah. and they're looking at you and they're doing, they're taking it in. You can see it within them. So it was a fabulous TED Talk. So, yeah, go to YouTube and check it out, people, because it really is quite interesting. Uh, you'll, and you'll learn a lot, too. You know, you just, we've talked about Uh, a lot of it. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've certainly learned a lot from doing it. And, uh, you know, sometimes you've got to commit to something to get your thoughts together. And this was the case that had all these thoughts rumbling around about how I create stuff in my life. But Mm -hmm. putting it on paper was real clear of how I do it, why I do it, and how I can help other people do it. I think it helps, too, that you've mentioned a couple of times that you meditate. And I think that's important because it clears the mind so that you can focus and be clear about what you want. I mean, I've meditated many times and said, okay, what do you want me to do? You know, I'm here to serve. What do you want me to do? And I kept getting mm-hmm. and I have a a friend who I speak to, and I kept telling her, so I'm pulling these angel cards, and I keep getting children, children, and I'm like, what am I going to do with children? The next thing you know, I'm sitting in an attorney's conference room saying, hey, can you help me set up a nonprofit for underprivileged children? Uh, (laughs) And, you know, and that started, I'm thinking, there you go. Who saw that coming? Certainly not me, but there it was. Right. So, right, you know, and it fills, right. your, it fills your heart. It's not something I said, well, I want to start a children's foundation, so I'm going to be clear about it and put it on paper. It just happened. And that, too, is a sense of flow. You see things and you take the guidance from what you see going on in life. I witnessed many events, and it just led to that. And I couldn't not do it. It's hard to explain, but I couldn't not. Right, I just right. That's, yeah. that's when it's, you know, I, I, I hate to be airy-fairy. I'm from California, but... It's like you were chosen to do this, and you uh-huh. can't say no. You can't say no. Yeah. This is this is yours to do. Yeah. Yeah, and we're not even a year old. We're, we'll be 10 months old on Saturday, and we're wow. doing extremely well, and I'm still thinking, what am I doing? <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, whatever, <laughs> keep going, and I keep going, and, you know, and it's been received quite well, so it's good because we're, you know, implementing good programs, but, you know, that's a, another whole story, but the way that that people can do this to just really be clear and put it on paper. And the hard one, I'm going to agree with you, Alan, is that don't worry about how it will happen. Don't make that. So many people will say, well, make a movie. 
make a movie in your head so you can see how it's going to work out. I don't think you need to do that. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to be wrong. I've done it too many times only to be proven that that's not how it worked out, but I got what I wanted or better. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes, you know, I mean, it's good to have goals and stuff, but sometimes it's taking us down one road and all of a sudden another road opens. We may not see that because we're so focused on the the one mm-hmm. in our head mm-hmm. when we should really be taking the other one. Um, so you need to be open to the energy and the what's happening in the universe at that time. By the way, I just want to go back for your listeners for a moment. We mentioned meditation, Mm -hmm. and I know for a lot of people that's kind of a dirty word. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I can't sit and meditate in, you know, for 10 minutes, or, you know, my mind wanders and stuff. All I'm talking about when I say meditation, and I do longer meditation sometimes, but just quieting myself, sitting down in a quiet place, taking some breaths in and out, focusing on my inside rather than the outer world, and sometimes just asking, you know, for guidance or how will this turn out or please guide me here, I need some help. And that has always, always helped me. So it doesn't have to be a big, I'm going to meditate, you know, Thing. Right. It's just just a matter of finding that quietness within you, because I believe we all have the answers within us, and then ask for, quiet yourself, and then ask for those answers. Yeah, so you can see them or you can hear them, because when your right. mind is going, that monkey mind's going. You're not hearing anything that you need to hear. You're just listening right. to the really the negative stuff, you know, because it's right there. Right. But if you can just take a couple of de- deep breaths in, that's a meditation. It's a meditation to walk to your mailbox, you know, if you're just really concentrating on what you're doing. Right. Sometimes right. you're gardening. That's a meditation. You get into it, and you're just thinking about, I know sometimes after weeding all day, at night I go to bed, and all I see is all these weeds in, you know, in my mind. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I weeded all day. But it's uh. a form of meditation. You don't have to sit there in lotus position and you know meditate for an hour at a time. You don't have to do right, that. That's exactly. meditation, so, but it doesn't work for everyone. Yeah. Any one of your listeners that are kind of afraid of meditating, change the word, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But just just um, become quiet and, and trust trust your inner knowing. It It knows. Once you get quiet, you'll get those answers to what you need to do in any situation. Yeah, absolutely. I cannot believe it, Alan. We are almost out of time. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I know. It goes by so quickly. But that's because you're such a great guest, and we love having you here. Oh, yeah, I wanted to <laughs> ask you. I know you have another book coming out soon, so tell us a little bit about it, and when is it going to launch? Because I'd love you to come back and talk about that. It will. And I just finished reading the final um, galleys. It's due in September. It's hey, called okay. Secrets Kids Know and Adults Ought to Learn. Oh, see, this is right up my alley now. <laughs> and now it is, you see. And yep. uh, it has 18 tips of things that I think kids could teach adults. They can teach and adults course, a lot, yeah. Yeah, it's written in my fun, you know, style, great stories, little exercises, um, simple, easy to read, but, but uh, on some levels pretty deep that, Adults can can learn so much from from children. Again, if we just pay attention, stop yes. and pay attention to the kids. Yeah. So make sure sometime you put me on in the September. List. Yes. Pardon me. Put me on the list. Absolutely. Okay, you will be. Yep. yep. 
Yep. I, yep, I want to have you back. I think that will be a great book. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And, and the, the when, fun what, thing for me about the book is mm-hmm. my daughter's an artist, and she illustrated it. Really? Now, okay. So I wrote what, it. She so- illu- And again, the world just came together. The publisher did a wonderful cover of this little teddy bear kind of peeking out from behind something. And my daughter didn't know that, but all the illustrations she did were were teddy bears interacting in different ways. Oh, my goodness. And she's an (laughs) illustrator. That's crazy. Neither of them knew that that was going to be the the drawings. Wow. Well, okay, now I'm going to put this out because you said we're six degrees of separation. So here I go. I'm just going to put this intention out. I'm being very clear. I wrote a children's book, only I didn't write it. I sat down at my computer, and I started typing notes about what my foundation is. And then I saw the words, the end, on the, on the screen, and I had to go to an event. And I thought, why did I just type the end? And I went to the event. I came home, went to bed, woke up the next day, went to yoga, came back and read it and said, oh, my God, that's a children's book. I was a dictator uh-huh. for the universe. You know, I took dictation for the universe, a ghostwriter, if you will, for the universe. Now I need an illustrator. I need an illustrator, Ah. Alan. (laughs) Well, um, I can connect you with my daughter. I'll send you her email. You you two can chat. I would love to do that because I need to get it launched this year. It's a Christmas story, and I need an illustrator, and I've been waiting and waiting, and you said six degrees of separation, and now you're telling us about this. I'm like, okay, I'm going to see what's going on. We'll see. There you go. Oh, my goodness. I'll email you her, and I'll tell her that I've done it, and you two connect. That's great. Now, please tell our listeners how they can learn more about you and all that you offer and do for all of us. How can they learn about you? Okay, two things. My books are all on Amazon, so just type in my name, Alan, A-L-L-E-N-K-L-E-I-N. And then uh, my website is www.alankline.com. Again, A-L-L-E-N-K-L-E-I-N.com. That's just great. I'm so glad you came back. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to have you, and I look forward to having you in September. I'm so excited. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you. I appreciate. This is what, third time? (laughs) Yeah. Yep. 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 All right. Look forward to it again. This is great. Absolutely. So listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. We live in a very challenging and constantly changing world, and that's why I have the guests that I do, to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life we're meant to live productively, healthfully, and purposefully. And this is where you find the tools to do just that. So send the link for this show to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they may learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next week for another great show. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. And also check out our charitable organization for kids, Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, where every penny of every donation goes directly to children in need. No joke. We are run solely by volunteers. There are no salaries. There are no stipends. Nobody's going to Bora Bora to discuss a a strategic plan. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. all going back to the kids. So we believe in investing in a brighter tomorrow by giving them a better today. So thank you for taking time to visit our website, SojiHuggles.org. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG. Aware Radio. That's at NRG Aware Radio and at Soji Huggles. I am your host, T Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well.
When I remember how I was grateful, switched a lot of things in my life, but it's never worked out. I switched to being a vegetarian, but ate more bacon than ever. Every t-